uh, our core values of our church. And what are core values? Those are the things that are uh, important to us, the things that we uh, align ourselves with. It's how we make our decisions. And so this week we want to highlight, or I want to highlight, our sixth core value. And it is that people need to be connected to a caring and nurturing community. Do you know that? Do you know that people need to be connected to a nurturing community? I, I don't know what I would do, and I'll get into this in a few minutes, uh, if it weren't for the church in my life. Amen? Uh, this body of believers is an important part of who we are. And so I, I'm glad that you've chosen uh, to be here today. Um, I want to read a passage of Scripture. It comes from Romans chapter 12. And I want to read verses 1 through 13. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is, your true, prop, this is true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, His perfect will. For by His grace uh, given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we through, though are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we're thankful for this day. God, we're thankful for uh, this uh, Valentine's Day Sunday and what it means for us relationally. But, but more important than any man-made holiday, God, is our time to be together in worship. And Lord, I, I pray today that it'd be impossible for anyone to come into this place and leave the same way in which they came in, but God, that they might be changed. Lord, not by the words of a simple preacher, but by the power of your Holy Spirit that's at work within us. So Lord, have your way with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> you, you know, very few people are successful by themselves. Let me, let me say it again. Very few people are successful by themselves. Uh, most people who have 
been successful at anything, they've done so because there's been a community or a group of people around them who were there to give them support and encouragement and help nurture them along their way. I just want you to just think about the musicians that we have up here today. Think about Wesley and Adam and all, all these folks singing in the choir. If people with great musical ability will tell you that although they may have taught themselves how to play, that it was someone else, a teacher, a mentor, a community who supported them to help them be and to learn and get to the level that they are today musically. It was because of the support of a nurturing community. Think about the athletes we know. Think about professional athletes. Let's talk a, a moment uh, maybe about Peyton Manning this morning since they did uh, win the Super Bowl. Uh, Peyton Manning didn't get where he is today on his own, did he? I, I suspect Archie Manning had something to do with Peyton's success. Would you agree? I, I suspect that the Manning family in general had something to do with Peyton Manning's success. I would suggest that his coaches in his high school, his coaches at the University of Tennessee, I would suggest his coaches on the professional level, all of them had something to do with his ability to play football. I would suggest to you that it was a great offensive line on many occasions who contributed and helped him and their team be successful. Think about it. What, what person who's done anything professionally has done it on their own? I mean, a lot of times we, we like to say we're self-made. You know, I don't know any self-made people. I know people who worked hard, and maybe they opened some doors because they worked hard. But every person that I know is successful had somebody there, a community, a mentor, a friend, somebody who nurtured them and helped them along the way, someone who opened a door, so to speak, that they could be where they are. Think about it. How many of us today, how many of us would say that we are where we are today on our own accord? Lord, I, I dare not say that. It's because of the people around me. It's because of a nurturing community. It's because of the support of, of friends and family and my church family that I am where I am today. It's why you are where you are today. You see, we were meant to live and be in community. It's important that we are a part of a caring and, and nurturing uh, community. That's what the church is. I mean, it's all the way through the Scripture, thinking about it. The Israelites, as soon as uh, they left slavery in Egypt, they, they were together. They wandered together. That community helped them live and survive all those years that they were out in the desert. The prophets of, the, of old, they would prophesy to the community. They would challenge them to, to live as a community of grace and justice and to weed out oppression. Now think about the early church. They, they met together. They broke bread together. They, they shared their possessions. They worshiped and they prayed together. It was the community of the early church that made them who they are. You know what? We, in that same way, need the church around us. We need a caring and nurturing community if we're going to be all that God has called us to be today amen i mean you need a church around you again i don't know what people do when they don't have the church i don't know what people do when they don't have a church family you know it's when we go through uh, difficult seasons of our lives we oftentimes want to pull back from the church we want to um, not be connected when we're going through hard times we just kind of want to be by ourselves but i want to challenge you today that's human nature to do that 
But it's the worst thing that you can do. You see, it's in those difficult moments in which we need to uh, gather around our church family. We need to connect with other Christians in order that we can walk through those difficult seasons of our life. That's why we say it this way. That's why this is one of our core values. That we believe everybody needs to be a part of a caring and nurturing community. Now, now what does it mean to nurture. That word nurture means it's the process of caring for and encouraging the growth and development of someone. Let me tell you, we all need to be nurtured at some point in our life. Nurture is a very important part of our personal development. Today's Valentine's Day. If, if you are uh, in a relationship with your spouse is there with you, if you're not developing and nurturing that relationship, what's going to happen to it over time? Fades away, it withers away. If you have a relationship with your children and it's a strong relationship, it's that way because you've spent some time nurturing those relationships. In every area of our lives, we need to nurture and care for and take care of those relationships that are important to us because without nurture, things wither and ultimately they die. I cleaned up my office the first of this year. And he say, well, that ought to be a normal thing. It's really not. It only happens on an annual basis. Right after Christmas, we have a, a lull in the church. And so I, I did some work and cleaned up my office and threw some things away and organized my my, my folders and sermons and got rid of some books that I didn't need, need anymore. I even pulled out the pledge and uh, did some dusting. I mean, it was really clean. And one of the wonderful ladies in our church, she's sitting in here today, as a matter of fact, she came into my office noticing that it was cleaner than normal. And she said, wow, look at your office. It's just, it's just so wonderful. She said, all you need now is a plant to put in it. I didn't have the heart to tell her. I, I can't keep a plant. I kill them. She said, well, you can have one of my aloe plants. I didn't want to tell her. I've had one of those before. It's supposed to be the easiest plant that you can have, and I killed it. See, there, I just kill things like that. I'm not really good at nurturing plants. But we have to be good at nurturing some things in our lives, don't we? If we're not good at nurturing certain things, men, I'll leave here quick after this is over. If we're not good at nurturing those relationships with our wives, what happens? I hope you're one of those guys that's on the hunt, spend $170 on, on Valentine's Day today. Amen? So we have to nurture those relationships that are important. Nurture is a huge part of what the church does. And that's why I want to share with you some of the characteristics, three characteristics, if you're taking notes today, of a nurturing church. And the first characteristic is a sharing. A nurturing church, or excuse me, is caring. A nurturing church is a caring church. And this is what verse 9 says. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Paul, again, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. You know what? If we're going to be a caring community, we've got to be a loving community, right? If we're going to care for each other on some level, we're going to have to love each other. I am so thankful for the, the caring communities, the love that I have received from the local church. I don't know where I would be today without the church in my life. That's my experience. I, is it your experience? I mean, can you imagine 
where you can be, where you would be. I don't know where I would be without Christian mentors and, and pastors and, and friends who have poured into my life and helped me along the way. I, I've, made, I've been able to take some shortcuts in ministry because of my father. Before I ever stepped into seminary for the first day, I already had a foundation of faith because of the local church in which to, to build upon. I, I took some shortcuts to be where I am today, right here in front of you. Not because I took the easy way, because some people who went before me were able to give me advice and lead me on the right way. I don't know where I would be today without the local church in my life, I don't know where Shelly and I would be. Some of you may have heard this story uh, before, but I, I'll share it again. Um, when Shelly and I first got, when we first got married, I was serving a church in Dahlonega, Georgia, as an associate and youth pastor. And uh, Shelly went, um, had a, a long-term miscarriage, and it was devastating to us. I mean, it was completely devastating to her and it was devastating to me but uh, me and you'll understand this when I say it is we don't really grasp the the what's what's taking place in there when it, in regards to our wives and and I'll never forget just how Shelly she was so sad we were all sad but she just she wept and she cried and it was just this dark place that we were moving into and I'll, I'll never forget and I will always be thankful for a group of ladies, some ladies who were seasoned, they'd been through some things in their lives who began, and they knew I didn't know what I was doing too. And they, they gathered around Shelly and they prayed for her and they mentored her. And she came out of that very dark season in her life, thank God, because of the local church. I, I don't know what people do when they don't have a church community. See, all of us today, we need a nurturing, caring community in order to help us to grow and to develop. All of us need that. I pray to God today that you won't just be a pew sitter. I love the fact that you come and sit in a pew, so don't stop doing that. But what I hope that you do is you begin to move along the line. You need to be connected to a caring and nurturing community. You need to be a part of the church. You, you need to be here. We need you. you. You bring a level of gifts and graces that others in the church need. Let me tell you this. Fourth, it's important today, as I look at how caring we are, just to tell you that you do a great job of caring. I'm just amazed at what we do. I'm amazed today at the money that is given in order to be in ministry. I don't know whether you guys know this or not, but we give through our apportionments, uh, uh, monies that we give annually to the broader Methodist church, we help plant new churches. This year, because of the apportionment dollars that you give, we're going to help our conference plant six new churches. We, we take care of retired pastors, those pastors who have on a leave of absence or they've just retired. We help pay for their uh, retirement and their medical insurance and all of those kind of things. We, we pay to UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief. Anytime there is a disaster, a national disaster, or even a disaster around our world, UMCOR is generally the very first group that shows up. Man, it is amazing what happens. But just not even on that level, just on our local level. I don't know if you know. We, get, we receive thousands of dollars a year when we do our offering on uh, Communion Sunday. 
It is a wonderful thing to know that when people come to the church in need, we are able to help bridge a gap. And that's what we try to do. We want to bridge a gap. We want to help people get from maybe a, a hard place that they're in to helping them get on sure footing. And that's what this money does. Well, we give money to all over the world. We gave almost $5,000 to Project 82 Kenya this year. We, we give tons of money to help our community buying food for the backpacks that go to Stockbridge Elementary. We produced over and made over 15,000 sandwiches. Y'all realize how many sandwiches that is? Y'all know how much turkey and ham that is? How many pieces of cheese go on 12, 15,000, doesn't it? Uh, lots of food is, is made. We can't even begin to do all of those things without your giving, without your support. See, we are a caring church I, I saw it in a beautiful way a week ago Bert Parker uh, a longtime member of this congregation 52 years old died of a heart attack the, the interesting thing about Bert and his wife Tracy and their daughter Brooke is they moved away from this community three years ago but I saw this church come together in the most incredible Way. Th this sanctuary for the funeral was packed. There were chairs in the aisles all the way, chairs everywhere. There were people lined up across the, the back of the church. I mean, there were people here who didn't even know the Parkers, uh, Isaac, Mawaka Matama, his family, Bill Kilmer. Those folks were here, and as I saw them, I said, man, they don't know the Parkers. But they didn't have to know them. They were here because they understand that as the body of Christ, we are to love one another. That we're to put others before ourselves. But it wasn't just happened, wasn't what just happened here during the funeral time. Man, when they flew into town, they wanted to be here. This was their church community. They've been living in Minnesota for three years, but they wanted to be here. And when they got here, I saw this community. I saw their longtime friends and people come in from out of state and just gathered around them and loved on them and fed them and just made this time a very tragic, tragic time in their lives, a time in which I know beyond a shadow of a doubt they felt the love and care of this body you see that's what the church is supposed to be see a, a, a nurturing community is a caring community and the other thing that i want you to see this morning if you're taking notes number two is that a nurturing community is a sharing community this is what uh, paul said in verse 15 he said rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and in galatians chapter 6 paul says it this way carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ now I want you to think about that for a moment Paul says that when we uh, care for other people's burdens when we uh, care for others more than we care for ourselves that we are in fact carrying out the law of Christ in our life what is that that we're to uh, love God with all of our heart soul mind and strength and the other part is what love our neighbor as ourselves, that we're carrying out the law of Christ when we love one another. Let me tell you, if you come into the church this morning and, and you come and, and you're really just focused on your own needs and your own wants and your own desires and you have a, a woe is me attitude and it's all about you and what you need, then I'm going to tell you, you're going to leave this place the same way in which you came in. You will not see the church as a caring, sharing community when it's all about you. 
But on the flip side, if you come into the church this morning and you are focused on the needs of others, if you're focused on caring for others, if you're focused on uh, sharing the load and the burdens of others, and let me tell you, you will leave this place full because you yourself will be filled. We need to be a caring community. We need to be a sharing community. Let me tell you, this Christian life, is a shared life. We're not supposed to walk this on our own. Thanks be to God. We're not supposed to do this whole thing by ourselves. This walk in which we walk, this sharing of each other's lives is done in community. Again, I will say it. Thanks be to God for the church, the local church, and what it's done in my life and what I see it do in so many of your lives. There's a The word that we have for this whole idea of sharing and fellowship is the word koinonia. Any of you heard that? You probably hadn't because it's a Greek word and we don't speak a lot of Greek, do we? But that word koinonia is special. In our English language, the closest that we can get to describing it is the word fellowship but it, it's so much more than that because when we think of fellowship what do we think about we we think about going out to lunch with each other we think about having uh, breakfast downstairs before service that, that's fellowship to us but this idea of koinonia goes much deeper it's it's communion it's community it's fellowship it's sharing life together it's sharing life together to the point to where we share our resources isn't that something imagine that it's sharing the, the burdens of those around us. It's sharing in the spirit of, of Christ, that spirit that we have together. It's, it's carrying the load of the Lord. It's participating in the world. See, we are sharing and walking together. See, a nurturing church, a church that's uh, serious uh, about nurturing, nurturing and growing and developing people is a sharing church. See, I, I want you to understand today. We are in many ways a, a caring church. We most definitely are. We're a sharing church. We most definitely are. But guess what? We have to continually look at the, the lives of others. We need to uh, look at the needs of other people. We need to not focus on ourselves, but in fact focus on those around us. Caring church, a sharing church. And then the last one today, a nurturing community or a nurturing church is a discipling church amen do you know the most important thing that we do as a church is disciple people amen in fact if we're just a caring church and if we're just a sharing church but we're not a discipling church the truth of the matter is is we're not really a church we would be a club you see it's the discipling part that we do together that makes us uh, a church jesus said it this way remember he said to go and make what disciples that was his command for us Paul right here in Romans chapter 13 he's saying to use your gifts to use the gifts that God has given you if it's prophesying then prophesy I'd like to see some of that happen amen if it's teaching then teach if it's serving then serve it's if it's encouraging then encouraging whatever you have use it to disciple people so I, I want to say it again are you using your gifts to edify and strengthen this body. Are, are you using your gifts? You see, what does disciple mean? What does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is a person who is a learner. Uh, that means that every day of our lives as we're following the Lord, you know how long we have to follow the Lord? To the very end. 
And the whole time that we're following Jesus and we're being a disciple uh, of Jesus, that he is transforming our lives. So is, your, is your life being transformed? Are you different today than you were last year? Are you different today than you were several years ago? Because, see, if you're following the Lord, there needs to be some change that's taking place in your life. It's not just an academic learning either, is it? It's not the kind of learning where you, you sit in the, a classroom and you just learn more things about God. That, that's not what discipleship is. Discipleship is like um, work being an apprentice with a craftsman where you're on the job training. It's where you're watching the, the craftsman work, and as his apprentice, you're, you're modeling what he's doing. My grandfather is a craftsman, 93 years old. We thank you, church, for praying for him. He fell this past Monday and um, broke his hip and been in uh, hospital this entire week, and just thank you for praying for him. But as I thought about him, and, you know, we're getting into that stage in life where we're... Um, you know, you've been there before where your parents and your grandparents begin to age and changes begin to take place. And I was thinking about him this week. I was thinking about how much of a craftsman that he is. And he can build anything. You, you can show him anything. You show him this table, he'll build it. You show him that, he'll build it. You show him a house or anything, he can do anything with his hands. He's a craftsman. And my brother and I, we used to work with him some in the summers. Now, I, I'll have to admit, I loved being with him, but I didn't like to work with him. You know why I didn't like to work with him? Because we had the truck packed and we're at the job site by the time the sun came up. That's not what a 10th or 11th grader wants to do in the summer. You know, we want to sleep a little bit longer. But when you worked with him, it meant that by the time the sun came up, you, you were locked and loaded and you were ready to go. And I remember one time my brother and I were on a roof and he's building this um, wood roof, you know, cedar plank roof. And my brother and I are up there and Pat, my younger brother's handing him nails and I'm handing, handing him the shingles and he's putting them on and we're watching him and just doing it. And this is going to be all right. We can do this. And we get about halfway through the roof, not halfway through the whole roof, just halfway through the top line of the roof. My granddad says, boys, y'all got that? Now do it. And the expectation was that you had watched him closely and then you could replicate what he had done. Now, let me chase a rabbit for just a minute. My grandfather was so old school, but he was awesome, and I wish we had more men like him. You probably have some of these guys in your family, too. We'd work all day long. He would take lunch. We would eat our lunch. We'd go right back to work, and at the end of the day, when the sun's just about to go down, he'd say, now, boys, I want you all to police this area up right here. And what he meant by that was it had to be spotless, clean. All of those uh, pieces of wood had to be picked up. All of those shavings had to be picked up. You didn't throw away a nail. You had to put it back in the box with the size of nails that were there because he kept everything. He was a, an incredible craftsman, and I learned some things from him. I learned how to work from him. I learned how to respect what it is that I do, that I don't have to gauge myself. I'm chasing a rabbit, by the way. I don't have to gauge myself by other people. I just gauge myself by me and what I do. Amen? You see, he was a craftsman. That's the same way it is for us. Are you, are you having any of those craftsman-type skills, those skills of faith? Are they working in your life? Here's, here's what I mean by that. Is, is forgiveness something that you are incorporating 
into your life. That's a skill of faith. You see, if you're a Christian today, if you're following Jesus, you have no choice but to forgive. Let's think about that a moment. Got anybody in your life that needs to be forgiven? You have no choice. See, if you've received the forgiveness of Christ Jesus in your life, then in your response, it has to be to forgive others. See, is that skill of faith operating in you? How many of you today, have, would, don't raise your hand, because what I'm going to say, you'll raise your hand, and then somebody by you won't raise your hand, and then they'll look and say, man, I need to raise my hand, and they would have just told a story. So I don't want to do that. How many of you are praying each and every day, and, and not just for yourselves? You know, I'm not talking about God is great, God is good. I'm not talking about when you get up in the morning and because your day's going to be so tough that you roll out that laundry list of all the things that you want God to do in your life, but maybe, in fact, you pray for somebody else. When I, Lord, I pray for our church today that we would grow in the knowledge of who you are, that we would walk by faith, that we would move out beyond our own borders, that we would be who you're calling us to be. Lord, help me to touch somebody else's life. Help me to do something for somebody else. Are we praying those kind of prayers? Are we reading the Scripture? Are we going through the Scripture? Are we being challenged by God's Word? And is that having an effect on our lives? You see... The only way you can have hope in our world, the only way that you can have a real love for other people is when you, in fact, have the love of Jesus living in and operating in your life and in my life. See, are we living out those skills of faith in us? Do you know how important it is to be a part of a caring community? Do you know how important it is to be a part of a sharing community? Do you know how important it is that we are all a part of a discipling community? Let me say it like this. Is that your growth and development to be a follower of Jesus is dependent on it. Let me, let me say it. There's no such thing as long-ranger Christians, is there? You are never meant to walk this journey by yourself. You know what happens, I see people a lot of times, we like to be by ourselves. We like to have our own sort of opinions on things that are going on around us. We like to kind of uh, single ourselves out or stay away. You know why I like to do that? Because we don't want anybody challenging our mode of thinking. And you know what happens when we get into community with others? We get challenged, don't we? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, Amen. When we get into a community of believers, we are pulled and we are stretched and, and our, our faith has to grow. We just have, a, have, have enough faith to love the person sitting, sitting next to us. Amen. You see, you need to be a part of a caring, sharing, discipling community. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we're thankful today, God, that you've called us to be a part of your church. And Lord, today we yield our lives, we yield our, ourselves, we, we yield our own desires, our own wants, our own needs, God. Uh, we yield them, Lord, to you. Have your way in us. Lord, mold us and transform us, nurture and develop us through uh, this body of believers that we might be all that you are calling us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray together. Amen.